Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. We have uh, uh, the great and powerful Oz on the show, uh, yes. Lorne Michaels. The became the unintentional star of the podcast because he's the touchstone for all the Saturday Night Live people is Lorne Michaels. Yeah, the common denominator. The Yeah, the touchstone, the common denominator, the... Touchstone. Detonator. Detonator. The thing that everyone talks yeah. about a lot, that's more unwieldy than the touchstone. But we were thrilled to get him yeah. and um, it- uh, He's our most commonly asked guest. When will you have Lorne? When will you have Lorne? And he was very uh, cool to do this because he doesn't do a lot of stuff and he doesn't like to be bothered. And uh, I wouldn't either. You got, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, I took a chance. I called him up at home and I said, Lorne, hi, this is Dana- and Don't uh, hang we'd love you to come on the uh, talk on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I don't know who this is, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. So I can't even do it. No, he was great. So he comes in and he came to the house and did it. And, uh, it, you know, it really reminded me of being back at SNL because me, you, him, it's mm -hmm. like sitting at read through or sitting in a meeting and you have that reverence for him and uh, you want to make him laugh. He's like a father figure in a weird way, you know. A lot of. Pretty much everything mm -hmm. I've had is based on SNL and him keep me on there. So he's he's interesting, very interesting guy to talk to. He's as smart as they come. And I don't know, I, I probably should have brought up my Lauren impression, but I've talked to him about it off mic uh, before at a restaurant, how I, then I got him at, you know, in 86 when he was in during the, uh, trying to pick the show. Mm -hmm. I still have no fucking first act. And that was the first time I got his rhythm. And then we talk about Lornisms on the show. Yeah. You know, you never leave a hit. And he, he's a brilliant guy. I mean, he really uh, is fun to listen to. You know, it's a funny one. I can't say who it was, but someone we know did a movie and uh, he was a pretty big star and it, and it hmm. opened very poorly. And I was in a limo with Lorne and I go, uh, do you think he'll get another movie? And he goes, well, not every studio wants to lose $30 million and work with an asshole. Some do. Not all of them. Well, that's kind of his humor. Yeah, that's, it, that's exactly a good Lorne humor. This is, this is what Lorne would say, his sense of humor. So we're, we're at the meeting, and it's the last show. And you go, uh, this is our last show. We have a two-week break. So it'd be like really, really nice if the show was really good. Instead of a bad show, you know, you would do well, that. No one take a dive tonight. We have <laughs> we're being reviewed. <laughs> so you know, he's a just a fascinating yeah. character, and we got to sit with him for for a long and time. And he proved to be very fascinating. Every, and every we he said we hung on. Hey, we didn't talk over. Keep talking. Just hey, keep, hey, we, we, we didn't, didn't even talk, talk over. Yeah, Dana. 
<laughs> we didn't even. <laughs> so we didn't. We, we apologize for not talking over the guest. Yeah. Because uh, he's a great storyteller, and uh, we get into a lot of things. We get into the current cast and 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 his emotional relationship with cast members, and how long he has been there. Fiftieth anniversary never happened up. before in the history of television. A guy yeah. producing a show for a half century. So it's an amazing. You were incredible in this interview, David. I have to say, Dana, you really sparkled. <laughs> All right, here he is, our uh, main man, main man, Lauren Michaels. Conan's got some money coming in. Um, we first of all, we want to thank you for coming in. You're uh, responsible for pretty much everything in my life. Yes. In the yeah. uh, comedy world. First, we have world. to embarrass you and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We had no plan for this podcast, this no meeting. This won't be in any way used. No, we'll be, we'll cut it's this It's not part. used or aired. <laughs> but to our surprise pr- and delight, everyone who was on the podcast started talking and saying nice things about you, how yeah. much they love you. So we just thought, well, can we get him to come on? So here Very we nice. are. Well, I, I haven't done anything else. Yeah, That's the amazing part. Yeah. But as I said, I have a background of radio. <laughs> Ratty chips. Um, no. Healthy little crackers. Lauren is getting I'm snacks. What will make the least noise? Because <laughs> Can we open the chips? <laughs> make a lot of noise and then not as much noise. Do you like flaming hot? I don't know if that's I, for I'm you. I'm just reaching for You'll whatever's take anything? closest. Anything? Yes. Yeah. Don't worry about the noise and we'll... Um, I'm sorry. And there's protein bars if you're stuck. So if you're really stuck, just grab those. Those are (laughs) not too loud. I'll just talk to Dana for a while. Are you staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel? I am. Oh. (laughs) Uh, In the Margarita Room? Davidson's there because they're doing this show, Bupkis. Oh, okay. But you have have touchstones. One is the Beverly Hills Hotel, Mm -hmm. which you're a huge fan of. In Aspen, you stay at the what? Aspen was more houses, I think. St. Bart's is another touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Amagansett. Yeah. I remember when- And now Maine. Oh, you did finally pull the trigger. Maine? Maine. I wasn't CC'd on that. Mm Mm-hmm. So Maine- I'll show you pictures. That's pretty far out there. I don't think- You can't uh, show them. We talked about that last time. As you get a little older, you're pretty young. You want to get into the country and you want to get in wide open spaces. And you want to get to the landscape of your childhood. Yes. And this is as close to Canada as you can get without going to Canada. Oh, is that what it is? Nice. Okay. You get sort of, yeah, you're Canadian. So, and what part of Canada, just real quick? Uh, Toronto. What part is this near or what part? But you were sort of Toronto, am I right? Yeah. I told you, Dana. But Um, I I left in 1972. It's changed yes. since then. Yes. And is was the reason we did Tommy Boy in Toronto because of that, or was it a tax? No, I think that was, mm. Paramount was just, they would have done it in Budapest if it was cheaper. Yeah. yeah. That's usually mm. where movies flow. What was the cost of Tommy Boy versus Wayne's World 1? I just want to know <laughs> about. We were, we were 13.5 or something? Yeah. Yeah, or on, 12, on Wayne's World. 35 days of filming. And which film is your personal favorite that, we, between those we two? We were 35 or I think we're more like 25. Oh, could have been. It yeah. seemed like, like 25 that. 25 million? No, 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 no. 25 days of shooting. Oh, yeah. Very quick. One yeah. take. Penelope Spheris. Towards the end, uh, when Howard Howard Koch uh, was- yeah. Hawk Koch. Hawk uh, Koch. <laughs> was, uh, they were doing the board and, and uh, Paramount person that I was- uh, who's giving us directions? Said, mm-hmm. you know, if you can make this movie for twelve five, I'll leave you alone. And that was sort of 
the whole idea of it. Mm-hmm. And then we had an extra day or two. And at one point, the Rob Lowe character was going to have <laughs> Dennis Hopper as a father. And uh, so that there was a dynamic between the mm-hmm. two of them, which would play off in the sense of the counterpoint. And then they said, you have to, don't have the extra two days. So oh, that went away. to use Mike Myers' phrase, we smushed it uh, into <laughs> one character. And that was Rob. Oh, okay. And he was great. Mm-hmm. Kurt Fuller. That was ended up ended up being lightning in a bottle. I only saw the previews, and I remember been told before where the Paramount guy came back. They, we did the previews. Mike and I are possessed while they're watching ourselves. We're kind of depressed. Oh, probably. And John he says Goldman. it's got Ghostbusters numbers. Let's eat, right? That's what he's. Is that no, right? We were no? in a restaurant. We were <laughs> okay. No, how did you remember? Because I was older. Um, <laughs> I was we dressed as guards. So. We, we did for sentimental reasons a preview in Wayne, New Jersey, because it had a I multiplex. I think that's where it was. Yeah, and then we went to a restaurant that was, was happening in Soho, which had a tin roof, and. Uh, Everybody was ordering. Mike was in complete depression because <laughs> it wasn't the movie he thought he wanted. You know, it was all that. And mm-hmm. he said, it got an 86. Let's eat. 86. Okay. Yeah. I missed 86 it by 86 for points. those of you at home is higher than 80. There's two boxes. So it means yeah, most top people two are in boxer? the top yeah. two boxes. Yes. And also that it added up to that. I, it could be 88. It could be 91. But it was something right. where... He thought, why would you want to keep talking? <laughs> oh, we got Like, we won. We're, we yeah, got we it, won. Yeah. We yeah. won. Take the yeah. win. And uh, that was sort of, it took Amazing. Mike a while to get used to it. And then he went into the editing room. and, and uh, But it was all there. It was all there in that first cut. And mm-hmm. part of it was just how fast it moved and the exuberance mm-hmm. of it. And as I say, most people in America, when, they, when they're choosing any kind of entertainment, the phrase looks like fun is the most Helps, yeah. is, the, is the top, and yeah. I figured out for myself later why yeah. so popular. I thought the two so-called losers in town—they drop AMC Pacer, live with their parents—are having way more fun, yeah, than anyone in the town. Yeah, so that's like, who wouldn't want to live in that world? I and Tommy Boy, I remember you took me to Chili's after, and um, is that no, what we're about? No, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite well, as Tommy nice. Boy's no, was made for thirty-five million. No, no Tommy <laughs> Boy's probably around the same, like mm-hmm. same thing. Well, same because it was always. From the studio, it was always, you know, these movies have to be made for a price. You know, $15, $20 million is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, well, we can do this for 20 No, no, I said 15 to 20 we don't, we'll <laughs> aim, We're going to aim for, for 15 but we may end up at 20 But um, But once that happened, you were left alone. I think because nobody considered it important, which is mm-hmm. a, a big plus. Yeah. You know, and I could watch Tommy Boy and be really comfortable because I'm not worrying or seeing myself. Yeah. And just thought it was the start of David's film career. But sure. for Chris, it feels to me like it captured Chris completely. Yeah. Yeah. Like his and physical got, comedy. And, and like it got ability. the sentimental side, which was kind of him fighting for the walk through the factory sure. and the scene in the boat. And, and the bagpipes. Yes. That yeah. was great. It's like Three Amigos. It yeah. just gets shinier and brighter, as Paul and, would say. And also- they're meant to be fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And everyone, I think when somebody asked me in an interview about Wayne's World, what were you aiming for? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, uh, really a confection, you know, because I mm-hmm. said, uh, in a Marx Brothers movie, no one cares whether Fidonia won the war. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to go as, it's going to go 80, 90 mm-hmm. minutes. It's going to be as funny as it can be. Yeah. And then it's going to go, good night. And, uh, and everybody's happy. 
And right. so the idea that you're going to be tied to a plot and have to stick with scenes that didn't work because they're going to tell the story, as opposed to, uh, you know, Wayne's World's boy, boy has show boy, loses show boy, sees <laughs> yeah. girl boy. boy. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. Tommy boy, we always say, like, if you went and pitched a movie of two guys selling brake pads in Ohio, yeah, we got to do this. <laughs> of like, course. It just really, I think it was Lauren saying, uh, these two are kind of funny around the office. And I think you told the Turners, Bonnie and Terry Turner, yeah. can you write something about that? And it was, you they would were great. get how we were goofy around the office and then said, if you can, and they did a good job of doing that. And then you kind and of steered it. And there'd been a moment or two in Coneheads too. Yeah. Yeah, which had already established. Yeah. And Mike, mm -hmm. despite the best efforts of, you know, Mike and Dana was in Wayne's World. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we had a bit. Of, we had a bit of a competition. Yes. <laughs> That's what Paul would say about I, him was, and John. You heard cheers of the audience, and then they were put, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we've lived long enough to yes. be very Generous. good friends yes. and love each other. Would you like to learn a new language? We oui. <laughs> see what we? I did. Oh no, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. Wee wee. Wee wee. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, of French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's a trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hastu zweister now abra. No, hastu bruder now. Nine abra covers by swester. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that languages speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. 
what is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Fly on the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% Mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. The one thing I thought of my notes to ask you, why did you cast me? What was originally at the show? (laughs) Yeah. On SNL. Because there was no Garth. There was only Wayne. At the start. But, but yeah. I mean, why did you cast me on SNL? Oh, in SNL. <laughs> no, I can that's this. A, that was a huge spot, you know. And yeah. then you took me and you didn't take a lot of brilliant people. Was so it Jim Carrey? I'm very grateful for it. But no, I didn't you know. see Jim Carrey. Uh, uh, Frankie Davis. Oh, they someone else. Saw, they and seen somebody him. else. And yeah. said, they said, it's too big for you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, looking you back, let me make the decision. Well, I think you did cast it. I don't know if like a situation comedy, but like it was different. Lovitz was a flavor. Phil was a, a role, and somehow I fit in there. And you rolled the dice, and I'm ever grateful for it. But it seems at the time I did not have a lot of confidence. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know. Well, I think Lovitz was there from the year before. Yeah, he was the kingpin was at the Twilight time. Twilight Zone cruel thing. That, uh, <laughs> you burnt the cast. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> got burnt yeah. up in a fire. That, I think me. that was Franken. And I, think <laughs> Lauren was, I sort of just yeah. skimmed that sketch. I didn't yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I sort of knew uh, you'd fit from. Thank God. Uh, uh, what was the name of the club? Igby's? You saw. Well, Igby's. that was. For yeah. people who don't know, but now I'm here with Lauren. Yeah. I had auditioned other times. They said, you were coming around. I didn't want to do it at the comedy store. And then Rosie O'Donnell was there. I got 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm waiting to go on. First of all, I'm terrified. Right. Because it's a dream, like everyone else. You come through the door. There he is. Then Brandon Tartikoff, the head of the network. Tartar sauce. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm so nervous. And then Cher. <laughs> and they sat down in the club. Now <laughs> welcome Dan O'Flaherty. I'm at Igby's. So I, was, I, I, I that was probably my only night with the two of them. But, <laughs> I know. But, but we were nerves. somewhere, and they, mm-hmm. I think Cher said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to go see somebody I think is good. In the club. <laughs> oh, I'll come. And then Brandon went, well, I, I want to go too. Or he was first. I don't remember the order. but yeah. uh, And they mm-hmm. all laughed. Uh, but that wasn't the deciding factor. It was that just would that be for me. you had uh, clear – I mean, you were funny. And, and you could never much – Anytime you talk about funny for longer than a minute, you're no, not funny. It, it, it's not good. Yeah. It's still whimsical that I found myself to that place at that time. No, and also I'd never been there before, probably yeah. since. And uh, as I said, I haven't been with those people either. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do know Cher, I guess. And but, when I've run into her, she says, I was there when you were discovered. Yeah, no, no. But anyway. she, with, her laugh was so open yes. and, and nice, and mm-hmm. uh, she just wanted – Everyone, everyone to win. Yeah. yeah. Also, if Dane is doing, uh, I don't mean to jump in, but if he's doing Church Lady, Chopping Broccoli, things that literally in your head you could probably just pluck and put right on the show. If there's First show. Nothing yeah. to the, do different. The whimsy of the Church Lady, because it was part of the set, is probably five minutes of the yeah. character. And then I remember, like, okay, we'll try it. it who knew? And I worked with your ex-wife, Rosie Schuster, for a month. You you assigned me to a writer. She yep. was the one who said, Church Jack, because we thought of a talk show. Yeah, and I remember funny. bringing the two dresses into you. One was a little more feminine, and you just pointed at the one we used. Yeah. <laughs> and then as it turns out, 
it was such a great thing for the show because I had Phil and Jan coming in and being brilliant and, and or Sigourney Weaver the first show and or, Victoria Jackson. Yeah. And so also Sean Penn. And then Sean Penn and then all yeah. these religious scandals. So yeah. the, again, that was a freaky, lucky thing for, for all uh, of us. I think it was like very often with the character, uh, you have to find, or at least my end of it is, mm-hmm. you have to find the context. Uh, you know, with with Mike and and, and you in, in Wayne's world, it was like he had a very specific look in mind, mm-hmm. which was the basement, mm-hmm. stairs coming down. Nora played the mother. Yes, um, <laughs> hair metal thing. He what, didn't quite, the Garth thing was. I think you should do it with Dana, and and somehow that evolved. That was your suggestion. Yeah, yeah for but sure. He and then the moment it worked, it was like on a ten to one, and mm-hmm. it played. Played pretty yeah. well because uh, it was fresh and had energy and yeah. it looked like fun. And it was. Um, and then after that, Mike had been at the show three months, four months. Uh, yeah, something like that. Or- but after that, it was like, why are we in that corner? Right. Yeah. And you're in that corner because <laughs> you designed a set that had the stairs and, and whatever. And an, an exit. You're as far yeah. from the audience as possible. So yes. from that point on, I think it moved to home base. And, yes. and that was like, yeah, we don't which, need the background. Right. Which These is incredibly characters. powerful home base to be at home right base. In front yeah. of the you audience can really time, time the laughs. Where yeah. the monologue is. Where the monologue is. I'm just yeah. telling people at home. Yeah. Yes. Where it's like yes. right can, at the audience, right down the and camera. As the warm up, which is, was designed a certain way, it is still the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're moving down, you know, like somebody's. Somebody does now. It's, it's Che, right? Uh, <laughs> and then Keenan comes out and sings mm-hmm. with the girls, and then you sort of the lights start to go down, and you know you're looking at that spot, yeah, or you're looking where the cold opening is going to be. You're trained, you, you're, and so you get a sense of where the focus it's is. It's just amazing, yeah. Lauren. Uh, that you're you're still there, and I I've come back a few times and did update or whatever. You can't get past it. I mean, you'll never forget it. And I think that for all of us who are unknown, go on the show, and for the audience to see Will Ferrell do what he did, see how David evolved. It's such an amazing visceral experience. There's nothing like it. And the music and the way you kept it the same is extraordinary, that you didn't let any regime trick you out and change it. What's interesting is there's four new people coming in. and It's amazing. Because of the (laughs) pandemic, we couldn't let... There was no place for everyone to go, so we kept adding people because you have to add people every year. <laughs> and suddenly we have like twenty three people. And you go like, "This is insane!" The pandemic, yeah, no, take and, them off and the everybody's Zoom. angry because they're not, they're not getting enough playing time. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, uh, and then people left, and and so it was so much fun seeing these these new people because mm-hmm. they're they're exactly where you should start. They've never been on television. They don't yes. know. They don't. Generally, if they have representation, it's primitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you just sort of see them. And there's like that exuberance and excitement. And uh, and there it just shows. And that energy shows. And so when you, when you start with people who've never been on television and yeah. the audience gets to be part of that process and live with them through it, yeah. then I, I used to say, I'm going to say it now again, um, that... The four longest years of your life are high school. Yes. <laughs> you don't have any money. You don't have a car. Any girls. And so staying <laughs> up late with friends or staying up late with, mm-hmm. by yourself to like one o'clock in the morning is yeah. like a really exciting thing. <laughs> so when people say, 
the best cast that ever did it. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's when they were in high school. Totally. So if they, you know, and they go, oh, well, no, the best was, you know, you and Hartman and you, yeah. you know, when you go and follow. And yeah. then you go, when were you in high school? <laughs> yeah. you go, oh, exactly. No, I mean, yeah, it, no, there's it no, just, there's no, true. And you have the time. Yeah. And you talk about with your friends. That's the only game in town. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. back then, like that. I mean, there's more competition now, and it's great that you're still yeah. crushing it because with so many things to choose from, that was, I think when, you have a transition kind of now where some are leaving that, you know, more familiar faces. Yeah. It uh, doesn't mean anyone's not as good. It's just some people get more opportunities coming up. Yeah. And the same thing happened. It took me longer to get my footing when we had Dana. It, it, unfortunately, it was just too good. It was- Oh, no. And I mean, also, I think back, Ben Stiller came in at the same time as Mike did. Yes. But he sort of saw, this could be a long wait. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. Sandler, everybody was there mm -hmm. and it was uh, killing it. And- yeah. uh and what was interesting about that time was the only people who liked it were the audience. Critically, it wasn't. No, it's a golden yeah. age now. Yeah, we but, were not you know, like, like now, Barstool Sports and, said we were a great cast. We were the yeah. best cast. And then you back then, they were like, this is the worst bunch of assholes. <laughs> Untalented Even humps. when we had, on a given night back in the late 90s, or early 90s, sorry, late 80s, yeah. we would have tunes. I'm talking about just, we'd have a Sprockets. <laughs> Maybe I'd do How Bush or Perot or McLaughlin mm -hmm. Group. Mike might do uh, Talking Lady, whatever her name was. But we had so many. Wendy Richmond. would sing a song. David would do a Hollywood Minute. Yeah. So there was a given moment in time. You must have Coffee felt machine. like, hey, I got a lot of and you things know, to hit uh, here. We're doing that documentary on Jim Downey, which- Yeah, uh, I talked to him for four hours. It's yeah. only going to take- Ten years, but uh, <laughs> awesome. rush, they're going to use three minutes rush, of that. something like that. But my son Eddie is working on it, and Great. He, he grew up kind of on the show, etc. But uh, but not, doesn't really know that period. No, and too he, young. He keeps showing me things from that period that are like hilarious. And one of them he showed me recently was uh, Perot on Larry King, <laughs> and it's so funny. It's Here's a perfect, a perfect Downey piece. You're mm -hmm. great at it. Will, <laughs> Will was great. Will doing Larry King. Doing which it. he's not known for. Someone and there was Chris Kattan in there. It was people, their platforms were very exotic. And Ross Perot was the same old thing. Because he's <laughs> same old dribble every time. And we're going to do this. Can I finish one time? That's or are you going to keep talking all the time? <laughs> I mean, the rhythm of that was so infectious. Perfect. I never had more fun doing a character. And you could do that speed. Mm -hmm. You always had that ability. That was something I saw in the audition. You could you could move something that fast. If it if I can catch a wave with it rhythmically in my yeah. head, and I know that it's like casting a line to the audience. Can and, I finish one time? Yeah, yeah. and I know Little that hooks, you're going to laugh hooks. right now because you can't not laugh because yeah. that's the way I'm talking. Can yeah. you figure it that way? With I know it's, it is exactly like a song. Yeah, yeah. Ex extrapolate. But you were you auditioned with music. I did have I did have a little piano thing <gasps> and stuff. But I'm not recommending that because it's really time. I know, I was about to but, say for that uh, reason I'm uh, out. The other night, just I was at the improv doing a benefit and I'm kind of bombing. I mean, I'm not I'm doing okay. Yeah. And then I go, fuck it. I go, I did a thing on SNL called Chopping Broccoli. It's packed. So I do it and give it all my all on the piano. Standing ovation. So I should never mm. go and on and do anything else. It killed me. Yeah, I thought that story was heading to it. I only did it Who once. Who do they think it is? Because people ask me all the time. <laughs> it was, we gave him a name. To me, it was just random Nigel rock star. Yeah. What was he called? Derek something. Uh, yeah, but so it's Brit. It's a but British. It's not, but it's not McCartney. No. No, it's not McCartney. And then I buried it, but we did a sketch where the record company, it was a little too sophisticated, tells him he has to die. 
because his record sales will go up and look what happened to Jim Morrison and Hendrix. But I, I yeah. don't want to die. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> and it laid there, but Chuck Barkley lives on. You know, Lauren, when you when you watch these auditions, it's interesting because I was newer to comedy. All I wanted to do was kill. And because I my audition was different. We've we've interviewed a lot of these people and I'm hearing a lot of more at 8H, which would be just horrifying. But uh, and it's dead silent, you know, and everyone's out there and shoemakers eating peanuts. You know, no one, it, it's like, hey, come it, down for the audition. It's, a, it's right. tough to audition. But us. when well, I but also, did, weren't you brought in a little bit as a writer? Well, the, the thing was, I came in and Dennis, right before I walked on, people were at Catch Rising Star. You might've been there. I don't actually don't even know if you were there. It was, you know, some writers came down and a handful it was me, Rob Schneider and Tom Kenny. And we were just doing stand-up. So yeah, we do it. And Dennis Miller comes up before and he goes, hey, Spudling. He goes, well, you, you're going to bring the A game? And I go, I mean, I, it's all the A I got. I mean, I don't know. It might <laughs> be a B. Bring, but not saving any My A, best yeah. is might be B. Yeah. And he goes, uh, yeah, I go, I'm saving it for another audition. <laughs> uh, uh, for American uh, uh, Idol. So I go, listen, um. Yeah, and he goes, you don't want to kill too hard. Throws a red flag with these guys. They don't want to get some road hack. And I go, so don't do good. And they're like, David Spade. I go, Dennis, <laughs> don't do good, so, do good. I go, but I realize now when I watch comics and stuff, I look at writing. So I can tell someone has game in two lines. You know what I mean? It's like name that tune. I go, first line might be a fluke. And then they do the next yeah. joke. And I go, there's something going on here. Yeah. And it's like um, you get an eye for it. So I think you guys all had that. And it and I can watch someone and not see if they kill or not. I don't almost hear it. I just go, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. So Dennis said later, or maybe Downey said, no, we liked your writing. So I don't even know. I don't think we did that well, but that didn't matter. It was more mm -hmm. like, oh, I like the way you put that together or that thought or that. And that, I appreciate How would you that. describe that? That sensibility that you look for? Well, uh, uh, what I think was happening then was we had a kind of murderer's row of people yeah. that were going to be dominating for a long time. Yeah. So you were going to get to be Ross Perot, but in the on other the debate. And <laughs> on the wide shot. <laughs> well, that was the wide shot. He was going to come back. <laughs> I he was going to come back bad. and do both parts. <laughs> I saw David sitting in the corner, dressed as Perot, <laughs> so, and he looked so sad, but it was just for the wide shot. It was a fluky thing, but yeah, yeah that was, you did but, well. But what I'm getting at is <laughs> that there's- <laughs> You were Perot. There's a thing which I've done a bunch over the years, which is I'll bring someone in as a writer. You know they're you know they're going to be cast eventually. You buy some they, time, yeah. but they won't go through that self doubt. Mm -hmm. of, why am I not getting on? And people say I'm on, but I you know I don't see enough. Whatever. I added that though yeah. to my stress. People, <laughs> I'll talk to comedians who've auditioned, and they tell me what they've auditioned with in the last five or eight years. Yeah, and I won't tell them, but I'm thinking to myself, not going to get it. Yeah, and whether it was. Like, you're not afraid of any kind of humor, but it was something scatological, but it wasn't funny. And I could just tell it didn't fit kind of the frequency right. of you, Lauren Michaels, right. and your lieutenants. There's yeah. a certain thing, and I it's hard to describe it because it's it's got a wide bandwidth, but there is something You that, can see it at read-through when someone new puts in something, everyone goes, oh, Jesus. And I it's know. a little yeah. off-putting. Yeah, and, and, and read-through is an honest room. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Bernie's not there, you know, like, so there's not, and, and the <laughs> network's not there, or there, there's no booming laugh, right. you know, from, so it's got, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it didn't play. And same with the show, when something doesn't work, there are no laughs on the air, so. Yeah, who do you blame? That's the high it's, wire. It's the fairest thing yeah. in the world, yeah, really. And it, also you feel you burned it. Yeah. But there are people like, Bowen I brought in as a writer, 
He's great. Uh, and there's you want people to see how the process works because it's figuring it out those first few weeks that you know that's it and that's cut. You know, yeah. like that, and how fast it goes, and mm -hmm. costume changes, and uh, the, Molly's pointing at a, yeah. a line that changed, yeah. or the writer forgot to tell you. I think Chris Rock ran into that problem of, you know, we were stressed that we and frustrated we weren't getting on fast enough. But Chris Rock comes in and he, they're like, "You're Eddie Murphy now." And you're on in seven sketches, and Franken's screaming at him about a Confederate. He's playing a general, and he's going no. And I'm like, poor Rock, he's in too much. Like it's too much right away. Yeah. And here's the cards, and here's this. Well, and I think it got him off. It was a tougher situation for the guy who's one of the funniest. Yeah, in the world. but you knew. I mean, at least I knew he was really good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and of course. But normally you get to develop in the background. Right, you watch a little out. bit. Yeah. Phil and Jan and I were in the cold opening, and I'd never done sketch comedy, just stand up. Yeah. So my first show, and I wasn't, I didn't realize later, I guess I knew I was before the monologue, but I didn't, I didn't know I was in the cold opening. Right. That's how green I was. We were just in the first one. It was Game Show Psychic. I don't know if it was Jack Handy. <laughs> Is that what it was? Jack Handy. Jack Handy. <laughs> Sounds uh, funny. You know, right? I would answer the questions, and Phil was a perfect uh, yeah. in Jan. And so we had no time to really acclimate, but it was kind of nice. Everyone was really involved. But this is something Higgins said, and I don't know if you made it, but that you basically wrote the Constitution. <laughs> Of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you see all these incarnations. So I'm a baby boomer. I'm doing late 80s stuff. Yeah. And then you, you're the constant. And then you're seeing what kind of Will Ferrell stuff or Bill Hader humor. And then Kate McGinnon. And so you're adaptive oh, yeah. in a sense. You're observing. So these new four people, are you seeing something just yeah, a little and, and, 2022 uh, different? One of them, by the way, is from Arizona. Shut I, the fuck you know, up. And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, that's where David Spade's from. <laughs> they told you it Scott was like a credit Scottsdale Jr. He's Jr. Like, we, we, we were yeah. a little we got only one but and here. also the changing culture of nice. comedy but you're still there and you're adapting right I mean yeah and, and I think the room is great you it's know the and, best. and mm -hmm. and uh in age you know oh yeah and Nothing so like hallowed it's grounds. A, and it's a safe space mm -hmm. so you kind of people relax into it I mean it's scary for the auditions of course yeah but it's also, at some point, you have to bat at Yankee Stadium if you're going to be in the major leagues. So pretending that that won't exist and you go right from a club to on the air wouldn't yeah. work. That, no. Passing through that threshold because it's scary. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If you've ever been to the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? 
And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. And for you personally, because I always saw you kind of as a coach in a way mm-hmm. that so everybody every, every cast with Jason every, calls me you're always uh-huh. doing sports metaphors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you complimented me once. Third person said, uh, uh, "Lauren said you reminded him of Don Mattingly." <laughs> so I was like, "That." And I looked it up. Take yeah. it. But you 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 see all these personalities come and go, and have you gotten more astute or that he surprised you? You kind of go, well, this cast member will be like this. I think this one's going to do well later. I mean, you must have some intuitive sense, or is it all just sort of surprising sometimes? I mean, like of these four you've just hired, right. well, you know, do you have a sense about, of them? Maybe 10 years ago, uh, somebody who was new to the network, but, you know, like uh, – was a senior person. We were having dinner, and he said, can I ask you an SNL question? And I went, <laughs> well, that's nice. Sure. No, it was great. And I, he said, you know the update with Jost and Che? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's working? <laughs> and I said, no. He said, oh, you know. And I went, yeah, no, no. It, it's, a, it's a thing of mm-hmm. like, the way I say it, which is unpleasant, is that all babies are ugly unless they're your baby. <laughs> and after three months, people say, what a beautiful baby. Mm-hmm. And you have to live through that mm-hmm. period of people not being good. Somebody blows a line. Somebody comes in yeah. on the wrong foot. Somebody gets a cue late. Wally doesn't, the card mm-hmm. doesn't come up. Right. It's all that. And people go, I, I don't think that guy's that funny. And you go, no, he is. And yeah. I think when you see chemistry and you sort of know they're going to work well together. Mm. Well, you and, you and Chris, yeah. you know, it was just there from the beginning. It was there off stage, but it was also very clear on camera. Mm. Well, it seems like the audience starts to discover you and like you because you get enough bass hits. And then you as a performer and David, we just get more confident right. and that feeds on itself. Also, you go from however successful you thought you were to famous. And that yeah. transition is just different. Suddenly... In the in the first season, we had a limo for the host. That was the, <laughs> that was the extent of our budget. Yeah. But uh, and at the party, uh, John Belushi would quite often go and sit with the host towards the end, and then uh, as they're getting into the, the limo, he'd say, "You know, go with." So John would say, "I'll drop you off," and uh, he'd drop, <laughs> drop the host at the at the hotel, and then he would Take just drive car. around all night. With his face, like people, limos were rare then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who is that? And then he'd just be, you know, hand on the roof. Yeah, fame kind of is. I like when we, first of all, we, we didn't have cars back then. Yeah. It wasn't that far long ago. But Mm-mm. to the to the set, which probably was better be, to have because snowing and they're like, yeah. Marcy's like, Spit, are you here? I'm down at Manny Henny. And I'm like, well, I, I'm trying to get there. I live on Upper West Side. <laughs> But in snowstorm, and then I get there, and then afterwards we got to share. Like you know, made sense. Cast no. gets a car, mm-hmm. I'd share one with any feature player, or whatever. And then, uh, 
and Norm would take one to Atlantic City. Anyway. <laughs> where he did very well. <laughs> where he did very well. <laughs> Marcy's like, um, I'm telling Lauren immediately. Uh, but <laughs> I was going to ask you about, you just said something about Farley. Do you remember the stupid story where Farley was um, dating uh, Aaron at work? And, um, yeah, I remember that. This is just someone that worked at the office, very uh, nice, uh, very mm -hmm. cute girl. And then on the break, they broke up and, then, and they came back and she started dating Steve Martin. And yeah. so <laughs> Farley comes back from Wisconsin and uh, Sandler and I are in the office and he goes, so I uh, smoking, I hear uh, Aaron's got a new fella. And I go, yeah, but he doesn't know. And he goes, well, he might be richer, but he's not funnier. And he's not better looking, and he's not more famous. And we were like, e whoops, <laughs> all three. <laughs> and he's like, shut the fuck up. We're like, uh, Ooh. you can't get better than see Mark. That's no. a tough one. Yeah. So, so Lauren. Yeah. So Lauren, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, you're going. Look at this. Um, the, it seems to me like you love it when the cast and the writers are melding. You don't want either side to really dominate completely. I think. I made the choice because when I worked on the show Laugh In, which was a number Laugh one show, and I, which, to which I contributed almost nothing. But I was a, <laughs> I was a junior honest. writer, yeah. but we were never at any read-through. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't go to the studio. We the, were in the oh, writing just write and pass it, and, and then pass that's it. it. And other people mm -hmm. would rewrite yeah. it and whatever. So you, it wasn't what I thought working at a comedy show would be. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of, Elevating the writers because every every person from the network and particularly everyone in the control room goes, oh, the writers can do no wrong. <laughs> uh, but the point with it is it's that collaboration between a performer and a writer is – and then the performers all learn how to write. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Or at least how to recognize because the to performers survive. know rhythm and timing. You know, that's mm -hmm. too many words. Cut that back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And – the the writers theoretically thinking about content of some sort. They don't like to trim. Yeah, no, they do I would not tell like to trim. Al and Jim. I go with a bush cold opening. I go, you got to cut some words out because I feel like I'm doing homework. Can't do I feel like pages. I have to get through it. And they, they they did it, but yeah, it was and and they do it immediately because they never yeah. talk back. They never ever argue uh, with you or whatever. I didn't realize how much they all wanted to be on camera. Yeah. Till later. And then you saw Change Bank with Jim. <laughs> Change Bank was great. Silver tones, man. Commercial yeah. parodies were a, a, another secret weapon. I think there's just a thing of watching people on, on a stage really enjoying themselves, mm -hmm. feeling comfortable when that level of confidence is there and you know that you got it. It's just a different thing and, and it comes through at home. You just it's, can tell. It's exhilarating. On the 40th, because Mike and I were closing the show, yeah. which I want to talk about the 40th because I think it was sort of magic. But I said, we should either be very offended or very flattered because it's a four-hour show and there we come as Wayne and Garth. <laughs> hey. And we so happened to land it so beautifully. Perfectly, and yeah. Kanye West was there and we kept going to him and I felt so in the pocket. But God, you had to fight the nerves because... Everyone was a famous person. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, in that, the that was a tough room, and yet, and worse, uh, because the seating was screwed. Up. Well, I don't want to blame. Well, anyone. the fortieth was just a fly by the seat of your pants. I mean, it wasn't right, a normal. But people were still coming in, and uh, you know, and I had to send to Jimmy the... and and uh, Justin out, so they really took a bullet. You know, like because oh, people were oh. moving in, still seating, and they're performing, because the audience was only celebrities, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was Only live at eight o'clock. Well, yeah, ho hosts. former hosts, former music. Yeah. And then you had a spillover room, and people yeah. were mad there in the spillover room. That room was <laughs> pretty famous that. too. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and by the way, I don't think there's any plus ones. Yeah, it was just, and the fiftieth will have no plus ones. It's fucking. Yeah. Zero. Well, what do you think of the fiftieth? I mean, isn't it surreal? Yeah, I, I every now and then, uh, I was going. I had to give an Emmy speech, and I hadn't planned on it. Oh, that's right. right. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You win no, again. No, no, yeah. No, it was great. like seven years in a row or something? Yeah. I mean, Six. Six. Sorry. Six. Good Still. Time. I'm you know, thinking about next year. Just, you have to write this stuff down mm -hmm. later. <laughs> uh, I think I was going to say, you know, like, I don't want to say, well, I'm getting ready for season 48, because it's insane. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yes, there was five years I wasn't there, you know, after the first five. But it's, you just sort of go, uh, and the other thing that's familiar to people who are joining the show is the school year. Mm -hmm. You know, that that we come in in the fall, yeah. take Thanksgiving off, we take Christmas off, uh, you know, Easter, whatever, and spring break, and then it's summer, mm -hmm. and you go away. Mm -hmm. And uh, the original plan was not, the network just wanted us to do three shows a month all year round. And I went, the seasons are going to run into each other. And also it's so, such a pressurized environment. Beating, yeah. You have to get away from everybody. I mean, for me, because I want to mm -hmm. kill everybody by the end. Oh, yeah. And you just yeah. go, want to get out. Yeah. And so you go away and around the end of July, you go, yeah, I could go back. Start to miss it, yeah. Now, yeah. when the network or the whoever, the people you talk to about the show, yeah. try to convince you to do something, how do you, I mean, if you, how do you navigate that? I mean, have you ever lost a, an argument? Because it seems like you have have a winning yeah. percentage of keeping the show quality or, or it's, it's if brand. If it was anything to do with religion, particularly in the 70s, mm -hmm. there was, Jim used to write this uh, thing called What If?, <laughs> uh, and it would yes. always be written in by a 10-year-old paper boy from Mount Tuna, Illinois. And uh, it would be, what if Spartacus has a, had a Piper Cub? You know, it's like those kind of, right. and then yeah. we do a reenactment of it. Oh, okay. And at the time, a, Cong a, Cong a state senator in New York, in arguing for capital punishment, said that if the Romans hadn't believed in capital punishment, there would be no Jesus, and there'd be no Christianity, <laughs> which seemed insane to me, but I, I understood how you could get there logically. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the movie Straight Time, which was Dustin Hoffman coming out of, mm -hmm. you know, on parole, and the, his yes, criminal right. friends trying to get him back into crime. So we did it as Jesus, does, <laughs> you know, gets off with three to five, and then he uh, is, some of the apostles are going, come on, one more miracle, no one gets hurt. <laughs> and, you know, now to me, it was just comedy, you know, mm -hmm. but it really got, uh, okay. and, it, uh, and it, because you'd have to know the relationship between me and Howard, because in the first five years, you'd be like, well, we, we can't just do pop. And I go, well, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, we want to do this. And so that week we had mm -hmm. Keith Jarrett and it was like jazz piano and it was brilliant, mm -hmm. but it was like now this sketch, which was nine minutes, we're arguing up until mm -hmm. air, really at 11 o'clock, at which point it's like, I'm going, uh, really? <laughs> 
yeah, you're denying the divinity of Christ, which I go, we're not really. It's, you know. <laughs> also a comedy show. Uh, yeah, and maybe that's the Canadian part. But all I'm getting at is it was like uh, an absolute no. Not wow. Even, not, not even that. And I said to one of the network people who was in the room, who I'll spare, uh, <laughs> I said, does, spare. This uh, does this offend you? And he said, listen, Lord, I'd let you put cocksucking on the air if we'll get a 40 share. So <laughs> I, I'm the wrong guy to ask. But I went, oh, this is really helpful. Thank you. <laughs> well, we had Mr. Clockworthy, I think. Yeah. In the in the eighties, yeah, and in church chat, I initially had penis in there a lot, and he wanted some of those cut out, and so I substitute for penis. I put in more penis. your throbbing bulbous yeah. area. It was way more pornographic, but yeah. that's good. No penis. Yeah, and I think that for us, you know, uh, because it's live, and because we were on the honor system. At the beginning, we we're still on it. Mm -hmm. it. You know, I was at the Emmys the other night, and a, a, a bunch of people you know, uh, said fuck, and you go, yeah, um, you're going to get a laugh, you know, but is that, it's not going to age well, you know, yeah. and, uh, but it is that move, mm -hmm. the temptation to do it. And for us, we would lose affiliates, we would lose, I don't mm -hmm. think you lose anything anymore, but, but it, there's something about, and when we were doing Wayne's World, I'd been, in 1990, I was in, anyway, I was on a, a something that a, a trip in Europe, <laughs> uh, and on a uh, yacht. And, yeah. and I was with people that I wasn't normally with, and they they talked about watching the show with their kids. Now, no, you know, in the seventies, was no not supposed to trust anyone over thirty, right? And it was like we were doing it for the people we knew, and we didn't think the rest of the country cared, mm -hmm. and they really didn't until Mister Bill showed up. But uh, <laughs> and. Yes. They were talking about sitting there with their teenage daughter and how and uh, how great it was to both be laughing at the same things as a family. Anyway, I didn't have kids, so I, I, it was kind of, I thought, oh, that. And that was Schwing and Sphincter no, Says it What? Was, we were doing that. <laughs> oh, the Madonna. The Madonna oh, thing yeah. with the Evian bottle. Right. What was, what was the movie Truth or Dare? Yeah, oh, yeah. Truth or Dare. I was in a unitard. She goes, look at the <laughs> look at the thing on that guy or whatever. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it was and, uh, and uh, they were doing the Evian bottle like yeah. like that, and yeah. she wanted to do Felicio. it. And I'm going, oh, yeah. if I had a 16 year old daughter, that'd be like really cringe time. tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do lots of things that are shocking, but I think you can't just be shocking. Mm. I think it's great to have guardrails. And so it's a, you can be a little naughty, but you can't yeah. just full-blown. No. I mean, the penis sketch where we're all at a nudist colony. Fantastic piece. Fantastic <laughs> piece really holds up. Yeah. Didn't it take a year or two to get it on? We lost Toyota. We lost two, three big sponsors because people would boycott a dealership. Mm. and then Because of that sketch. Yeah. yeah. And because people would say, uh, you know, Whoever has the dealership in Mississippi is getting is calling central headquarters, going, "There's people outside here protesting, and why are you sponsoring that show?" And, and Guys at a nudist colony, we had a slat, so you'd see our legs. I think yeah. Hanks was on it. I think it was Smigel, right? Yes, I, and it was just nice Cohen? penis. How you doing? How's your penis? And we said penis like intentionally like three hundred times or something. <laughs> you missed that one. I'm a, no, I'm a yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah, and the reputation of it, it was where the laughs were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it got great laughs. Right? No, 
No, I don't think so. But there are certain writers who never don't hear laughs. So <laughs> you never <laughs> don't hear laughs. Yeah, I know they go kill. Yeah. Actually, but like old old ones like uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, Pepsi, Pepsi. They, those I don't think kill the first time around. I don't think Conan's nope. kills the first time around. And you train the audience. This is good, and they and then later they go, oh, those are the best. And you go, it yeah. Didn't even work. Very often the first one's not not a hit. Yeah. But um, yeah, we did uh, the very first show. We're still trying to find out what areas of the studio had sound, and we were mm -hmm. on the air. There was a piece that Rosie wrote uh, called "Be Be Hospital," mm -hmm. and uh, it was a maternity hospital for bees. And the bee, the, Franny Lee did the costumes, and they were great. The bee costumes, mm -hmm. and uh, every now they're just men pacing, and then every now and then the nurse would come out and say, "It's a worker." <laughs> oh, it's a worker, you know. So, and it was just that it was, it's a worker. Oh, yeah, it's a worker. And then it was it's a drone. Oh, it's a drone. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it played to silence because you couldn't hear it. It was in the far corner. Oh, it was terrible. So the only note we got from the network was the bees thing didn't work, so don't do that anymore. So the second show, the bees came on right. and tried, and then Paul Simon was hosting and said, no, no, the bees is cut because it didn't work. <laughs> the third show they snuck on uh, in a sketch with uh, Rob Reiner and Penny Marshall, and then there was a, a long, more and more they're <laughs> taking, their people are in the back or bees, you know. It's like, yeah, 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 that and, was like a uh, big thing. And then Rob went into a long speech about how the bees didn't work, it's not funny, <laughs> and then, and then Belushi did that, a variation on that speech from Billy Jack of like, oh. you know, you have Hollywood writers, you have this, you come here and we, Great. you know, like yeah. that. and they kind of walked off to one tin soldier, you know, like. <laughs> one and, tin soldier. And so that was then the bees were there. That's yeah. what we loved about that show. Yeah. It was anarchy and it was so different. Yeah. So. And also, don't tell us what's funny. All right, guys, that was part one with Lauren, and we're going to do the whole part two next week. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 